And the definition for resolve is a fixity of purpose or a resoluteness. And again, I didn't want to stop there, so I looked up the definition for resoluteness. Resoluteness is a firm determination marked by boldness and steadiness or discipline. Now, I'm going to stop there. I will use that word later. Discipline. So we have to discipline ourselves in our spiritual life according to a plan. So what is our goal in our spiritual life? What is our purpose? Well, Jesus tells us. I'm going to read two, two sections of Scripture. First is Mark 12, uh, verse 20, 29 through 31. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the second piece, we all know it is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So as we reflect on those two sets of scripture, we get two goals that we need to have in our spiritual life. The first goal is we need to get ourselves closer to God. That should be our primary goal. The second goal is that we should do what we can to bring others closer to God. One and two in that order. I got a, a group of scriptures here, three of them in particular, that we all know, we've all read them, we've all heard them, but I want to read them as we think about those two goals. Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. 1 Peter 3.15, what Brother Vestal read for us. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now keep those two goals in mind, bringing ourselves closer <laughs> to God and bringing others closer to God. And also 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So with those two goals stated, let's go back to that, uh, that word that I mentioned before, discipline. Developing the discipline to achieve those two goals is what this life is about. Discipline is not easy. If it was, it would probably be called something else, like eating cotton candy. That's pretty easy. But discipline is hard. The best way, and we, you learn this through life, the best way to discipline yourself to the task is repetition. You go and watch a sports team practice. They'll run the same play over and over and over and over until they get it right. You have a kid in school who's having trouble with math. They'll do math problems over and over and over and over until they get it right. Through life, we see that. Repetition is what it takes to discipline yourselves to accomplish a task. And so with goal number one in mind, Let's see what it takes to discipline ourselves to meet that, to meet that goal. Let's go back to uh, Mark 12, 30. It gives us great, great insight into where our focus should be in our discipline for that, for that goal number one. Now, uh, just to remind you, Mark 12, verse 30 is, uh, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy soul, sorry, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Now, I ask you a question. Is it possible to love anybody? with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, if you never talk to them? Is it possible to love somebody that deeply without ever talking to them? 
That's an easy one. The answer is no. So the first step to reaching the goal of bringing ourselves closer to God is prayer. I want <clears throat> to, excuse me, good prayer habits, and this is where I'm stepping on my own toes, good prayer habits, I believe, are of the utmost importance in our spiritual life. The repetition, the talking to God on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day, whenever we need him, whenever we don't need him, whenever we just want to talk to him, is a very important part of our spiritual life and disciplining ourselves to becoming closer to God. I want to read for you a parable found in Luke chapter 18. It's the first eight verses in that, in that chapter. Luke 18 says, and this is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, okay, let me just read. And he spake a parable unto them to this end. And this is one of the parables where he actually tells you what the parable means before he tells you the story. But anyway, Luke 18, verse 1, he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, and here's the parable, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. The gist of this parable is, okay, here, here was a judge. He had no respect for God. He had no respect for man. But here was this widow who was nagging him. Hey, avenge me. Hey, avenge me. Avenge me, mine adversary. Hey, you still haven't done that yet. Hey, avenge me. And eventually the judge got tired of it. He said, fine. I will avenge this widow so that she stops nagging me. God is, in essence, telling us to nag him with prayer. I know that sounds bad to say it that way, but he wants us to pray constantly. Ask for what you want. Ask for what you want. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. And when God deems it necessary, you will get it. That is the gist of that parable. And we're reminded 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which uh, was included in the lesson this morning, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. <clears throat> now, the second part of getting the discipline to bringing ourselves closer to God is what we're doing right now. Worship and fellowship. I don't need to go too far into this because most of us here, we've got, we got this one pretty, pretty down pat. John 4, verse 23 and 24 says, But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And it is our intention always here at Pippin to do exactly that, to worship God the way he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. I got another question. What kind of a relationship would it be if only one, between two people, if only one person did the talking? Some of you husbands are snickering, but let's not do that here. What kind of a relationship would it be if only one person did the talking? Well, it wouldn't, wouldn't last very long. It's important for us to remember, prayer is us talking to God, but God has already told us everything. Everything that we need to know about our spiritual life has already been put into words and typed in on paper and wrapped and bound in a Bible. 
everything. I was going to hold my Bible up, but I'm doing it from this, and this isn't a Bible, so I can't do that. But everything that we need to know, all the words that Jesus, that God would ever have to say to us to answer our questions about being a spiritual person is already written down for us. All we have to do is read it. So we pray to God. He's already written our word. That is the conversation in the relationship between you and God. And in that scripture, in the Bible, there are so many inspirational little bits. All we have to do is take the time to read them and find the ones that affect our lives. Let me, I, I grabbed just a few. Romans 1.16 for me has to be one of the most powerful verses in the New Testament. Let me quote the first part. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For I am not ashamed. That is, that has a lot of oomph in that verse. Not only is it, you know, confession that you believe that God is, is who he is, that Jesus is who he said he was, and that Jesus died for us. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That good news about Christ, not ashamed. For it is the power of God unto salvation. What about John 3.16? We all know it, but have we ever really thought to think how deep that, that scripture is? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in, him, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When you think about God is the one who created us. He gave us the attributes that we have, the ability to touch, to see, to feel, to think, to love. He gave us love. Now, why did he give us love? Did he give us love so that when we read John 3.16, we would understand what that meant? For those of us who have children, imagine what it would take to give up your child to save somebody who didn't deserve it. That's love. I don't know any better way to describe it than that. And in 2 Corinthians 16-18, through 18, very, very inspirational to those who are disciplining themselves to leading a Christian life. 2 Corinthians 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, talking about the persecution that we receive, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so that's goal number one, to bring ourselves closer to God through discipline and repetition, prayer, worship. Most of us come every time we get a chance. There is no place better for us to be when this building is open and services are going on. There is no place in my mind better to be than right here. And most of you would probably agree with that. And then third, scripture. I don't know if y'all remember uh, our gospel meeting with Carl Sims, how much he went into read the scripture, read the scripture, read the scripture. And I had, I had to admit he was absolutely right. And I also had to admit that I wasn't exactly up to par with that. He said I stepped on my own toes. But that's a good thing when we hear lessons like Brother Carl Sims had that really encourage us and inspire us to get in and do those things we need to do. Well, let's talk for a second about that second goal that I put forth. Remember, the first was bringing ourselves closer to God. And the second one is bringing others closer to God. Now, most, most, for most of us, this is by far the hardest part about being a Christian, is evangelism. Talking to another person, preaching the word, etc. 
And whenever you, you read about this, you always hear the term a witness. What is a, you know, what is a witness? Well, the typical definition is somebody who has seen something happen. You know, if you were a witness in a court of law, you would be doing your civic duty to tell the court what you saw, what happened, so they could solve a crime. Well, in our spiritual lives, we are doing our spiritual duty to be a witness to other people about what we know about Jesus, what we know in the Bible, what we know about God. It is our spiritual duty to witness to other people. Now, Paul, in Acts 28, this is verse 23 and 24, when they had appointed him a day, there came many to meet him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning until evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. So here's Paul, and if you think about Paul, he is probably the best example, besides Jesus, of a person who lived intentionally. As you think about both sides of the coin in, in Saul slash Paul's life, when he was Saul, the persecutor, he was the best person at that job that the Bible has any record of. He persecuted the church above all others, and he even said himself later on. And after his conversion, we all know the story, he was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians there. And Jesus came to him, and from then on, he went to Damascus, and of course, Ananias baptized him, and he started preaching. And his job, his duty, was to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. And he did that to the fullest extent of his ability. We know that. So we can take that example, and we can understand that it is our duty to the Christians to continue his work. Most of the people that we deal with every day would be considered Gentiles. Paul started it. It is our duty to continue that. Now, there are several things that hinder evangelism. I'd like to point out a couple and discuss them real quick. Probably the, most, probably the biggest one is that most people are afraid of, of, of being uncomfortable with other people. Now, how many times, you know, when you think about, if you've ever thought about, okay, well, what can I do to, to talk to this person? Well, if I say this, well, they're not going to like me anymore. Or that's going to be a really uncomfortable situation. Is that a reason to not share the gospel? John 15, verse 18 and 19 said, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world... But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The world hateth you. The Bible says it, not me. The world hateth you. People are going to reject, guarantee. People will reject what you have to say as a Christian. <clears throat> but I want you to think about it. If you are afraid of losing a friend due to evangelism, if, and if that's what's keeping you from doing it, I want you to think about it. You would rather keep that friendship than have that friend know God. In essence, that's the result of that, of that relationship. You would rather be friends with that person than that person be friends with God. And that's, that's not how we need to, to think at all. Now, there's, there's uh, fear, you know, fear of persecution, fear of lost friends. But how many of us, 
don't really know what to say, don't really know how to uh, even approach the topic with somebody. That may be a, a barrier to evangelizing those around us. Well, I'll keep going back to the gospel meeting, but Carl Sims, he gave us, uh, and we wound up getting several DVDs and several copies of the, the Bible study that he himself used and has used over and over again. We've got tons back there. If anybody is interested, there's a pitch to, to give some of those out, but it, it's a very real comment. Those of us who don't know what to say, don't even know how to start the conversation, well, that book that's in front of you has everything that we need. We just have to go in and find that information. And we build ourselves up, and we practice. We plan out what we're going to say. We practice repetition and discipline. We discipline ourselves to know what it is we need to say. And we know our friends better than anybody else. We can custom fit that evangelism to that person's life. That is our advantage. We, that is to our advantage, rather, that we can custom fit evangelism to every person that we meet and that we know. All right, how many of us think that we're not any good at evangelism? There's probably more than a few. There was a point where I didn't think I was any good. I still probably don't think I'm, I know I'm not as good as, say, Brother Randy or some of the other people who've been doing it longer. But I want you to look at, at what Paul said, the Apostle Paul, the Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9. He said, for I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul himself did not think he was good enough. We, we obviously know the truth of that opinion because he was, absolutely. Now, Paul was not 100% successful, so I don't think we should hold ourselves up to be. Second uh, Timothy, uh, Timothy chapter 4 there were three instances in that chapter where Paul mentioned people that, had, that either had failed him or that he had failed. So in verse 10, a man named Demas, he said, Demas hath forsaken me. So Demas, most likely from the context of the chapter, was somebody who worked with Paul and then turned away. Verse 14 and 15, we, we read of Alexander the coppersmith. It says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom... Be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. So here is Paul. I mean, if you can imagine the, the figure of Paul as, as, for lack of a better term, as famous as he is in the Bible. I mean, he is, in, he is included and has written a lot of the New Testament. As famous of a figure as he is, there were people who denied him. And at verse 16, uh, he says, and this is in 2 Timothy 4, Verse 16 says, at my first answer, no man stood by me, stood with me, excuse me. No man. The first time he, first time he went to preach, nobody listened. But all men forsook me is what he said. So how do we overcome some of these fears? Well, first, we have to realize that most likely we're going to have more than one chance. It's not a one time, that's it. It's the only time you get pass fail. We have to also realize that everybody who you're talking to has a choice. And as we see it, most people will choose the selfish option if they're given a choice. That's, that's not a failing on our part. That's a failing on theirs. But the point is, any of these fears, any of these, whether we think we're not any good, whether we don't know what to say, 
whether we're afraid of, of losing a friend or something like that, those can all be solved by repetition, by studying, reading the scripture, figuring out what it is we need to say, making a plan, and looking to achieve that goal. Now, Colossians 4, <clears throat> verses 2, and 2 through 6, let me read. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of, in, of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. So this four verses here kind of wraps up the, the points that I made. Continue in prayer. Pray, always. Pray for yourself to go and to bring other people to God. And it says, pray for a door to open. That, you, that an opportunity might come up, that some situation might arise that gives you that perfect open door for you to stick your foot in and start evangelizing to that person. Don't miss those chances. Also says there to walk in wisdom, to make a plan, to walk in wisdom towards those that are without, meaning those that are without wisdom. Also says to speak with grace, seasoned with salt. I always like that term. The question is, would you speak the same way to the President of the United States as you do to the person putting your groceries in your bag. Some of us would. Some of us would be, and I, don't, I say the President of the United States, but with respect to the position, not the person who's in there now. But we would speak with grace to the President. We would be very, very much appreciative of his or her presence. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Don't necessarily talk that way to a gas station attendant. So when you go to evangelize to these people, it says to speak with grace, season with salt, meaning not too little and not too much. Find the way that works for the person you're talking to. Again, adjust your evangelism to that person. So in this lesson, we've talked about two major goals that we should be striving for. Number one, bringing ourselves closer to God. Well, success in that goal is mandatory. We cannot fail in that effort to bring ourselves closer to God. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you're from, you can always be closer to God. Now that second one, bringing others closer to God, success is not mandatory. But attempt is. We have to try to bring other people closer to God. That is our job. That is our duty. We're the Great Commission. Go into all the countries. That means this one, too. We have to try. And we do a lot of things here with India. We, do, we support a lot of churches. So we do, this congregation does make an effort to do those things. But we individually have to remember that our duty is to bring other people to God. So I've got a few questions, a few more questions. These are some tough questions. Most of them have pretty easy answers, though. But here's where I step on my toes. So question number one. Should I be closer to God than I am now? That's a tough question, but the answer, again, is always yes. Should I be closer to God? Yes. So the question that follows that, what can I do to improve my relationship with God? How can I get closer to God? Well, same way you improve relationships on earth. You communicate. 
You pray to God, you read the scripture, you talk, and you listen. And so, third question, are you ready? Now, let me phrase it this way. Am I ready if somebody were to ask me, what must I do to be saved? Can I answer that question without going, um, uh, well, um, um, I'm not sure. Nobody's asked me yet. Hopefully they will, and hopefully I'll find out, and hopefully I will be ready when that happens. And the fourth question, when is the last time, well, let me, let me phrase it this way. When is the last time that I talked to someone about Jesus? I want you to think back. When is the last time you evangelized to anyone? That goes right back to the first question. Should I be closer to God than I am now? And we can keep going around and around and around, but we won't. Well, throughout this lesson, we've talked about living intentionally, living your spiritual life with a plan, with a purpose, and with the discipline required to follow it through. 1 Peter 3.15 touched a, a, a vital, vital importance that we should be ready always to talk to somebody about Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian in this room and you're not a Christian, The fact that you're here means that you're most of the way through the plan of salvation. The hardest part, and believe me, this is my opinion, but believe me when I say in the years to come, the hardest part about bringing people to Jesus will be getting them to believe that God exists. Because there are so many forces out there now that say, no, it's impossible, he can't. Or no, it's much more likely that all of these things happened by chance than for there to be a God. I'll say that now, that's my opinion. But the hardest thing to do is to get people to believe nowadays. But if you're not a Christian and you're here, you, ought to, you believe. The next step is to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. To repent of your sins and to be baptized for the remission of sins. And to live faithfully. If you are a Christian and you're here, I would hope that most of us would be. Most of us are. There may be something in your life that isn't quite right. If it's between you and God, then I would strongly, strongly suggest that you make it right before you leave, before something else happens. If it's in public in nature, you need to come forth and ask for forgiveness of the church, and we would be more than happy to do so. Any of those three things are uh, what you need to do tonight. Please come forward as we stand and we sing.